0: Hello, hello, you gorgeous queens. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Kiss My Crown podcast. Now, firstly, as I tell you, your space is sacred. What you invest your time in, like your time in, is just so, it's so special and it's so sacred. And I want you to know that because I am so thankful for you letting me into your space today. And on today's episode, we're actually going to be talking about toxic femininity and um, and misogyny. So, I mean, how exciting, <laughs> you know, I think sometimes misogyny is a little bit of a touchy topic, but um, you know, when I've done some sort of research into this toxic femininity, femininity misogyny came up and I think it's so, um, I think it's just really important that we explore both of them. So before we get into that, though, what's been happening in my space, in my world, is just a lot of living. Um, I'm just trying to do more and more things that get me in line with the life that I dream of having. And it was so funny this morning, I, you know, I ran out of coffee beans at home and I decided to leave earlier and go get coffee. And I thought, you know, and I stopped in at this gorgeous little place and I just thought to myself, I'm like, why don't I stop here for breakfast? I saw their menu. It was amazing. And you know, and I realized I'm like, oh my God, these are things that I could be doing on my day off. I know that sounds so silly, but you know, sometimes we just get so caught up in, you know, the the autopilot that is life that we actually forget about doing some really just cool shit that we want to do, you know, whether that's just going out for breakfast on our own or, you know, like tomorrow I have the perfect day planned in my opinion, because I'm going and doing a Pilates class for the first time with the reformer Pilates. So, you know, I'm, feeling really cool to movement. So I feel like I've been doing a lot of resting, but now I need to, to balance that resting out with, with moving my body and, and, you know, getting back to this sort of peak place. So I'm doing that. And then after that, I'm catching up with brunch with one of my besties and we're like, not only are we besties, we're business besties. All right. So she has her own business. I have my own business. So we're catching up for brunch and we are going to, because we're in business on our own, together not together but she's has her own business i have my own business um we find that sometimes you know like you don't have you know people like you don't have that accountability so we're actually going to be accountable to each other so we're going to do some business planning for the next month work out what it is that we want to do and then we're actually going to catch up monthly um to you know to to go over the goals and everything like that and have some accountability to each other so and you know and that opportunity to coach one another too which is just absolutely amazing so you know you know as always I absolutely encourage you to to create and design a life in which you can thrive Um, I recently did a post and I will put it out again shortly after this episode about seven different things to schedule into your month um You know, because sometimes you need to schedule things in as a reminder to actually live. And some of these things do include about making some time for your girlfriends and actually going out for like a dinner or cocktails or something like that, because you absolutely need to put the effort into those relationships. And if you don't, they just dwindle. Um, A date night, because you should absolutely be putting in some effort with your uh, relationship and holding space for that, as well as family time, you know, goal setting time, movement, alone time, self-love time, you know, like all this sort of stuff. So I'll repost that out again because I thought that was a really good post and just, you know, something that I'm just focusing on at the moment so that I'm making sure that I get to do all the shit that I really, really, really want to do and all the stuff that I love that brings me joy because otherwise we get so caught up in the day-to-day that we actually forget to live and to thrive and to just love life. So that's what's going on in my world. World at the moment. I know it feels like a bit of a tangent, but here we are. So let's get into it. So, last week, you know, so this is like the third part in our little mini series. I'm not sure if it'll be the last part or if I'll have one more. We'll see what comes up next week. But, you know, last week we looked at divine masculine and toxic masculinity. So, today it's only fair that we, you know, we're looking at the balance, we're looking on both sides, that we're actually going to look about, you know, toxic femininity as well. And when I was exploring toxic femininity, um, I was very quick to realize that there seems to be confusion between what is actually toxic femininity and what is actually misogyny. Uh, It's a very fine line. It's really, really a fine line. And I think that that confusion comes from thinking and believing that misogyny is a man's issue or a man's problem. And You know, the reality is, though, when I've looked into this, is that misogyny is uh, like, or sorry, both men and women can be misogynistic. Um, So, misogyny is something that is, you know, practiced by both men and women equally, equally. And it's sort of a little scary. and, And, and I'll, you know, and we'll get into that in just a moment. So, first, we actually need to differentiate between the two we need we need to differentiate between what is toxic femininity and what is misogyny and in this episode I you know I've written out some sort of notes and everything like this but a lot of this is going to be me shooting from the heart and I am going to be talking I'm going to get a little vulnerable here and I'm going to expose myself a little bit and I'm going to talk about some of my experiences with this. And so I am going to give you a little bit of a warning that there is going to be a trigger warning because I am going to be um, talking about some things like domestic violence and stuff like that as well. So, you know, if if that's a trigger for you and you you really can't hear about it, then I would suggest that this may not be the episode for you. I am going to talk about my experiences. Um, look, I'm obviously not going to be too graphic or anything like that either. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just I just want to give people the heads up before we we jump into it, but I also, you know, I guess sometimes I'm not, you know, I do share a lot of my life with you and on this podcast, but there's some things that I don't necessar- uh, necessarily go into too much detail and I feel like this episode I probably will be a little bit and So just bear with me and just be kind and, um, yeah, let's get into it. So what is toxic femininity? So toxic femininity is when we restrict ourselves um, as women into very rigid and repressive stereotypes of womanhood with the acceptable, um, where we allow what we classify as acceptable feminine traits and characteristics. Um, This, for me, um. I feel like this in a nutshell for me is where I have felt for a very long time that I didn't fit in um, because I didn't fit into the stereotypes when I was growing up and well, fuck me. I definitely don't to a point there's some of them that I probably do fit in with a little bit, but for a lot of them, like I just, I don't know. Like I, when I go to talk about some of these characteristics, you'll get what I'm, I'm sort of talking about, but um Yeah, I just, because of these sort of, you know, um, being in this repressive stereotypes of womanhood, for me, it really put me on the outer with other women. Um, Sometimes it still puts me out on the outer with other women. And and I have some women in my life um, who really fit into some of the characteristics coming up. And it just, I struggle to relate to them. And, you know, and it definitely causes issues, I guess. Um, the other side of it as well is that if anybody else is out there who, um, was raised by the boomer generation, I'm sorry to anybody who's in the boomer generation, I don't mean to be disrespectful. Um, (laughs) but when you are raised by people from the 1950s and they sort of expect you to be a 1950s housewife and expect everybody to be that, it's, um... Yeah, like it's their entire generation that think women should be this way. And and for me, you know, when I when I look at that, that's definitely, you know, my father. My father is uh is a full on full on boomer. And very much wants wanted not not wanted, but still wants me to live up to these extreme stereotypes of what a woman should be or what a woman is. Um so You know, and I was, I was, I've always been a tomboy. So, you know, there's so much of me that's so, so far from that, which I have to laugh about. Um, You know, you know, for instance, um, you know, my dad's always hated me wrestling. I think he's seen me wrestle once and that was enough to turn him off for life. And, you know, and boy, do I get lectured about it. You know, women shouldn't do that. Women shouldn't be doing that to their bodies um, and definitely as well, the other side of things is that obviously when I wrestled, I did what we call intergender wrestling and intergender wrestling is when women can compete uh, can compete with men. So you know, when I for so much of wrestling, it was a lot of women versus women and men versus men. But the moment that we stood into, um, so a lot of the things that I had to overcome when I started wrestling men, it was this really old-fashioned view that what I did was portraying, domestic violence. Um, when in reality, especially for me, it was like, you know, you know, I'm going to share with you shortly about, you know, domestic violence and my own experience with domestic violence. But for me, when I got to wrestle against men, it was so fucking empowering. I was strong and, you know, like it was done on my terms. There was nothing you know, like I wasn't being sort of submissive or letting a man walk all over me. I it was I was eye to eye equal with those men. Um and that's the way it fucking should be. Right? That's you know, that's really you know where it's at. Um you know, like and also I grew up, you know, like even my dad, like now, you know, like women shouldn't play football. Oh my god. It's too hard on the body you know, women weren't built for that, you know, like, so much of that sort of um, attitude growing up, but not growing up, still now, I still face it to this day, you know, I can't even bear to have a conversation with my dad when it comes to talking about AFL or women, you know, like, it just, ugh, no, it's just, it's so bad, and it's just, like, I can't, have this but you know when I see him and his whole generation and how they feel about women and, and women doing things like that because it's outside of the norm of what they believe to be normal you know it is so disgusting you know like and it just that we could talk you know like that way about women and the women you know once they start playing football or doing wrestling or anything like that then they're not really women they're just they're just manly women or you know any other derogatory term to, you know, like, I mean, I've heard the word bush pig, you know, like, really? Like, that's how we want to describe someone who plays football because they're tough. You know, like, it's just, ugh, it's full on. So toxic femininity, though, is when we portray these extreme acceptable, and I use the term very loosely, and I'm using those little air quotes, acceptable qualities to form value, in you know what is a patriarchal society and we feed into being you know like and this is again like when i've used the words when i've, I've used to describe the divine and the um feminine and masculine here are the words that i'm going to use to you know describe the acceptable qualities of a female or toxic femininity so when we're overly cooperative passive sexually submissive, gentle and basically where we derive value from our physical beauty standards which are not set by us but are in fact set by men and you know when we look at you know when we looked at that toxic masculinity right we looked at when strength turns to dominance and when assertiveness turns into control now the toxic feminine you know this is a flip side of that supports that behavior and it supports it by women being um you know coerced like not coerced with women being silent and accepting of that behavior right they allow that behavior they want that behavior because that's you know again yin and yang you know that's that's the opposite energy to what it, to what it is. they're they're dismissive they're submissive they're you know quiet and calm and allow anything to happen you know like it's that that flip side of that coin right um and a lot of the time sometimes this behavior comes from just needing to survive and this to me is that when i look at that um you know the toxic femininity you know to the toxic masculinity that's when we see domestic violence in my opinion and the reason why I say that and in my opinion is because when I you know I look at that statement that I've just said and you know it basically describes my first relationship and my first relationship was that one you know was that of a domestic violence relationship I was 17 years old and this is my first I'm not going to say my first love because my first love I had when I was a bit younger and unfortunately he passed away and in a car accident and you know left me kind of broken for a really long time but um you know after that then there you know was a relationship and this is one you know that first relationship where you live with someone and you know (laughs) it goes for years and, and all that sort of stuff and you know this boy was just awful and you know like with and with most domestic violence relationships it actually starts off as um sort of verbal and mental abuse first where you know the other person just chips away at you so much right that they just um they just bring you down you know, like, they chip away at your confidence so much that you you believe what they have to say, um, you know, and they could sit there and they could be like, you're ugly, you're stupid, you're fat, you're whatever, you know, like, and just making you feel like you're not enough and that you're not worthy, you know, and it's so funny because when I look at this now, like, oh, my God, talk about a dickhead, right, you know, if I was to see where he's at now, you know, like, you know this man this boy he was a boy he was 2 years older than me so you know he he spent you know years telling me that i was not good enough and that i was enough and that i wasn't enough and you know in reality this guy was a dog bludger he hadn't finished school he didn't have a job um he, he didn't have any you know like and i'm not saying that he was <laughs> wasn't worthy. But what I mean is who the fuck was he to judge who I was, right? Because he wasn't bringing anything to the table either, right? But, you know, he was six foot three and he just used that psychological warfare to break me and to bring me down, so far down. Um, And then when you know, and then when I was broken and I was on my own and, you know, like, you know, they sever ties with your family and with your friends and they, they make you so that you're alone and that you have to rely on them. Like, I wasn't allowed to work. I wasn't allowed to leave the house unless I had his permission. Like, it was just, you know, all this sort of shit, right? And and he made me feel like I was less than human, right? And, um, you know, from there, You know, like it just, you know, obviously that's when things became physical as well, because then he felt the need to exert his dominance in that way. And, you know, like it just, I don't know, like it just, (laughs) I look at it now and like I don't recognize that girl at all because I would never now be in that situation again and if I had the confidence that I have now the confidence that I learned and how I became this really strong and resilient woman and if I was that person back then when I was 17 um this boy wouldn't have stood a chance right (laughs) I would have this just oh my god it just I would have destroyed him honestly you know like and I don't mean like destroy, you know, but they just there's no way that I would put up with any of that sort of behavior. In fact, there was probably no way that I would even go there. You know, even when this relationship started, it was the time when my parents were splitting up and it was, you know, like very sort of traumatic time. And he manipulated that a lot. Um, but, you know, like I fed into this, you know, like so I was, you know, because you know i had been brought up to be very passive and sort of even though i wasn't and i was still sort of like bossy and and all this sort of stuff but you know but i was always being told that no i should be you know gentle and you know gorgeous and beautiful and all this sort of stuff and i just wasn't that person and you know, so I, I was living in the restraints of who I thought I should be and that I felt that my one job was to please this man and was to make him love me and to be good enough for him to love me. So, you know, my, my only job in life was to, to please this man. And, you know, it was obviously never going to happen. But when we look at that, um, you know, like when we look at some of those traits of toxic femininity those sort of traits are things like being docile very like overly docile right um you know live to be of service of your man and these, these are definitely when I was in that um, abusive relationship these were things that I was exuding or trying to live up to um hyper feminine through you know that real feminine behavior right you know like cooking and cleaning and You know, looking your best and, you know, doing the things that your husband loves or your partner loves because that's what they love. Not, you know, not really having an opinion or a personality of your own Um, policing femininity in others uh, and sabotaging other women through gossip, rumors to discredit someone, social exclusion um, and being two faced or fake. So, when I was in the midst of that domestic violence relationship, I was definitely living up to every single one of those things. And even now, you know, like I said before, you know, like I definitely, you know, I'm breaking away from some friendships at the moment. And, you know, some of them is because, you know, for they're all for all different reasons. But when I've started looking at this, I've realized that some of the things that turn me off with some of my friends is there need to be, um, you know, husband pleases, that they don't actually have a life outside their husbands or their partners and that they rely solely on their husbands or their partners to make them happy instead of making themselves happy, which, fuck, that's a, that's a heavy burden to, uh, to carry, right, to make somebody else happy when they're not doing it themselves. Um, and, you know, and, and I've had friends who, you know as soon as they get a new boyfriend, they, they change their personality, they change what music they're into. They, they only like what he likes and they're friends with his friends. Like, and I still have that as an adult, you know, like I have friends who don't have any hobbies or anything of their own, but they do what their husband does, you know, like, oh, my husband loves the gym. So I'll go to the gym or, you know, things like that, you know, um, and not having that sort of, you know, thing outside and, you know, and I think that we are definitely all guilty of sabotaging other women through gossip. I know that I'm guilty of that. I'll be the first to admit that. Um, and and I've definitely been a victim to, you know, women spreading rumors to discredit someone. Um, I still have that to this day. Oh, my God. Fucking wrestling. <laughs> I have that still in wrestling to this day where I'll have other women who try to sort of discredit me or to spread their own rumors. Um, to socially exclude me. Um, you know, like, again, at my particular age, I'm like, oh my God, this is high school fucking drama. I'm too fucking old for this shit. You know, like, and you do, like, I see it so much with adult women friendships. Um, and, you know, when I've had other women tell me about their friendship circles and stuff like that, that behavior I see all the time that's toxic femininity at its finest um definitely being like two-faced or fake as well like that is huge and I definitely see that all the time as well like I (laughs) I am I'm a little bit of an open book like what you see is what you get um and if I pick up a vibe about you and you know I don't know something feels off about you I'm I'm just gonna leave that right like I'm I'm not gonna I'm not going to dive into that. I'm not going to put my energy into this relationship. I am, like, I'll be polite, but I'm not going to go out of my way to be a friend. Like, and I don't need to, you know, and this is the same with all of us. We don't need to be people's friends just for the sake of being friends. Um, You know, you should be really picky with the people that you allow into your life, into your circle. So, you know, you know, being that sort of two-faced or fake is just, it's not something that I can do. <laughs> Um, cause you know, my face sort of says everything anyway. Um, but I do, I do see it and I've seen it with my friends who are, you know, are nice to someone's face and then the moment that they're not there, whoa, do they unleash and you're just like, holy shit, you know, like in the world thinks that this person's, you know, nice as pie And it's funny because, you know, a lot of the time the world thinks that I'm a bit of a bitch because I say it how it is and then they'll see other people and be like, oh, she's so lovely. She's so fantastic. But she's actually, you know, really not that way when we're not in the public eye. So I just, you know, that's just a really another sort of example of that sort of toxic femininity as well as that sometimes that extreme need to fit in or to be too nice and pleasant to people, even when you don't feel like that way. And then when they're not around, then you're not that way. Um, so that sort of, you know, I've gone into a lot of tangents and I've given some of my own sort of examples there, but, and my own experiences, but that is sort of in a nutshell of what that sort of toxic femininity is. So what's misogyny? So by definition, misogyny is the hatred of contempt for or prejudice against women, And it's a form of sexism that keeps women at a low, like a lower social status than men. But when we look at misogyny of women by other women, this is actually called internalized misogyny. So this is something that I've just learned today and it's just, it blows my mind. Now, this is where we as women subconsciously project sexist ideas onto other women or onto ourselves right so like those things that we talked about in toxic femininity this is when we you know sort of take those to the sort of extreme and we we project them onto other women and we project them onto ourselves as a standard that we should be living up to right and then we beat ourselves down or we beat other people down because they're not living up to this right Um and you know with this so if we look at our day-to-day right is that we I don't like we see, we don't realize it because it's sometimes really, really subtle, but we pretty much see women being degraded by sort of unrealistic societal standards. And, and we see this on a day-to-day basis. And these are societal standards that we actually try to hold each other up to. Um, and there's kind of those things like how women, uh, like how women should act, how she should look, how she should speak and be and dress and fucking all that bullshit, right? Um... It is changing now. I have to admit, like it's it's still there, you know, and this is like when we look at like targeting ads and when we look in magazines and, and airbrushing and all that sort of stuff. And now we're starting to call cool that shit out. Right. We're like, well, that's not actually how a woman looks. And now we're calling for inclusive sizing and all this sort of stuff where before it was like, no, this is the sizing that we have. This is what you'll fit into. And if you don't, well, we're just going to fucking ignore you. And, you know, like I know for me, like I grew up and I've said it before. Um, in a time when it was like Kate Moss, like you know, there was women literally out there being like, "Nothing tastes as good as skinny feels." Bitch, please, that's fucking internalized misogyny, right? Because you're saying that this is the way that you know the this is a societal standards of how we are saying that women should look. So basically, we're going to encourage you to look that way, to starve yourself, to literally be that way, you know. And it was a woman telling us this message. Right, It was internalized misogyny. And, you know, with this, you know, this is, you know, we very much get taught. And this is where that this is internalized misogyny as well is when we are taught and we believe that other women are our competition. And I spoke about this in the last episode where I said, you know, I felt like other women were always my competition um, and that they were out to get me. This is what internalized misogyny looks like. Um, you know, because we get taught that there isn't as many opportunities for women. So then we feel like we have to fight each other for them or, you know, as well, like, like you have to fight for the attention of a man, you know, like, and so we're fighting, you know, like, and we're pitted against that. Like, and I had a situation, you know, like this happens all the time, right? Like I had a situation and sometimes I feel like sometimes men do this as well. Like, oh, you know, like. (laughs) I don't know, they can look at it. I'm trying to explain it to you in a conversation that <laughs> it happened in to me in the last 24 hours where it looked like I was pitting, you know, like, oh, it, you know, like it was men telling me that like, oh, you, you know, you we shouldn't really say that because, you know, or be careful how you say that because it just looks like, you know, like they're your issues with this other woman. And it's like, no, this has got nothing to do with an issue of another woman. I said, you're actually creating that issue. What this is about is because somebody else didn't listen about something else that happened to be about this person. Like it just, I don't know, there's things out there and and just being really in tune with that where, you know, like misogyny is so deep rooted. And like I said, it's not men, it's women too, it's both. And it's just so deep rooted in society that you know, naturally, sometimes we'd like to pit women against other women. You know, like so. You you know, like naturally, it's like oh, you know. I mean, you could say something that's like, oh wow, you've got a problem with that woman. No, no, I don't at all. And why are you creating that issue that's not even there? Right. That's <laughs> what that is. I know. Huge tangent. I'm sorry, and I'm talking really fast because I'm really. Oh, when I've gotten into this, it's just it's so full on, right? Um. So. As well, you know, when we look at misogyny, this is where slut-shaming comes in, especially as women, where we slut-shame other women. Um, We slut-shame them because they're being too sexual um, from what we've been taught to be acceptable or what, you know, like, and that's why I said deep-rooted misogyny, like this is what we've been taught by society is what is acceptable. Well, who said that's acceptable? You know, and we've, you know, like heard the terms, you know, like of, you know, a man can sleep around and he's a fucking hero, but a woman sleeps around and she's a slut, right? Like it's that same sort of, same sort of thing. But then especially when women get on the back and they start to slut shame other women um, for, you know, whether they're being promiscuous or whatever it is they want to do. And maybe it's just that they're very um, tuned into their sexuality and what it is that they they want and they seek their pleasure. Like everyone has the right to do that right? As long as it's not hurting anybody else, you know, everybody has that right. And everybody's needs should be met, you know, like it's, it's one of those things, but we, we definitely can be very guilty of slut shaming other women. Um, you know, the next one is such a fucking trigger for me. Um, you know, where we are taught to believe, uh, that cooking is a woman's job and, do you know how many times that I've had the words get back in the kitchen or shut up and get back in the kitchen, you know, thrown to me as an insult, whether that's from a man or another woman like that is misogyny <laughs> right there? You know, you know, I actually, you know, and I look back at it now, like I did a wrestling programs so or storyline where the whole basis of the storyline was around a sandwich maker and that I was, you know, the sandwich maker And that I should get back in the kitchen and not wrestling in the wrestling ring against the men. And fucking hell, like, it's funny because there's no way I would ever do that storyline now. Uh, You know, and obviously the storyline, it wasn't meant as harm because, you know, the storyline had me coming out on top and just beating the absolute shit out of this person, you know what I mean? Like, and just being like, you get in the kitchen, bitch, you know what I mean? But it's that sort of, you know, mentality and where things like household you know, like, oh my God, here we go. Another one. So for example, you know, when I've gone back to work full time, you know, there was obviously a bit of stress because I was still trying to do all the household duties. And my beautiful boomer father, you know, made a comment. It's like, oh, well, you know, maybe, maybe you should, ha- your husband should help you out more. And, you know, because you're not here for 10 hours of the day. So, my amazing husband does help me out more and he's doing like the laundry and he's, you know, things like that to where my then boomer dad is like, oh, that's woman's work. So actually, so he, he, in one sentence, he's telling me that I should be telling my husband to do more of this stuff to help me out. And then when my husband does do more stuff to help me out, he fucking insults him to tell him that it's woman's work. Like What? you know like and this is the thing you know when we talk about you know women belong in the kitchen and that's and I know that my dad, dad definitely feels like I probably shouldn't be working this many hours and you know and having a career that I should be home to cook dinner and, and all this sort of stuff but you know when we you know like that's just not the way life is and, and what we have to realize is that there's no jobs in the home that are like it's not a woman's job to raise children it's the parent's job to raise children you know like You you know, you see TikTok videos out there, you know, like when people go, oh, you're so lucky that your your husband looks after your child. No, my husband parents his child. You know, oh, you know, like I remember being told that, you know, that my husband was a very hands-on father. No, he's just a fucking father. You know, like he's not being hands-on because he wants to raise his child. He's raising his child because it's his child you know like so looking at these sort of roles and not enforcing them on other women or on ourselves right and that's misogyny there when we do that um you know feminism this is a touchy subject in my house because you know you know my husband sometimes can see like he's like oh my god the fucking feminist you know and he gets all like riled up and because what we see at the moment is like when feminism gets taken you know you know from internalized misogyny and that's why we see a lot and that's where we see women really taking on that sort of man bashing like fucking all men and you know all this sort of stuff and they also become really the opposite of feminine like any sort of femininity and they judge other women for not being you know like oh my god you're wearing a dress how could you you know or you know so if a woman then does portray any feminine qualities um the extreme feminism is then like oh my god well you're not a real feminist then like oh my god you wear pink oh my god you wear high heels like that's just conforming to misogyny like no no and that's where feminists and that you know and feminism gets such um such a bad rap from because it comes out of this place of internalized misogyny as well um You know, and it's saying, you know, and like I just said, you know, some things about wearing pink and stuff like that. It's like fashion as well. You know, like when we're looking at internalized misogyny as well, it's when women judge other women for what they're wearing. Right. So fashion is, you know, like I love fashion, right? Fashion to me is just about being able to express either who it is you are or who you want to be. Like, it's just, I fucking love it. Right. But, you know, when we look at it from a misogynist point of view, Right. Is that women judge other women for and, you know, men judging women for the way that they express themselves. So maybe like, oh, um, or she's showing too much skin or she's asking for it, you know, because she wears a short skirt. No, no, she's just wearing a short skirt because she wants to wear a short skirt. Like, you know, uh, what a woman wears does not dictate whether that she is asking for it or not asking for it. Because at the end of the day, nobody's asking to be sexually assaulted, harassed or raped that's just you know they just want to wear something that they look cute in right um you know it will will be like oh they're showing too much skin or they show too much cleavage or you know all on the other side of things we look at like body types and we're like oh she shouldn't be wearing that for her body type you know oh you're a big girl you should be wearing like a fucking muumuu or this or that you know like and that's not acceptable for you to dress that way or you're old you can't wear that or you know things like that um and where we really get that sort of judgmental on, on that. And, you know, for me, like another one, like sexuality, you know, is a lot different now because I feel that people have so much reign now to explore the sexuality. But definitely when I was growing up, it was like, you're heterosexual. There's nothing in between. <laughs> and, you know, like you don't explore it, you don't figure it out for yourself or, or anything like that because it's bad and it's wrong and, and all this sort of stuff. Um. You know, where I do feel like today that you do have a little bit more, you know, reign in that, that you can actually have time to explore what it is that you are before you make a decision. I think it's such a fucking empowering thing, like, and that everybody gets that right to choose. Um, But, you know, that's the same, you know, like with with that sort of uh, misogyny is just thinking that heterosexual is the only way and judging other women if they choose not to be that way. And finally, I'm going to wrap it up on this one here. The color pink. Oh, my God. Talk about a misogyny minefield. It is... The color pink has such a bad rap um, because you know, we can take it to the extreme. We think like, oh my God, from a, you know, like you want to be anti-misogynist. And we're like, oh my God, you can't wear pink. That's too girly. Like you're trying to be a young girl and conform to what a man wants and what a man needs. And, you know, you're trying to play into his fantasies of a young woman and, and all this sort of shit, right? Like, and, so we'll have women out there who just like they would judge anyone because they're wearing pink and they won't take them seriously or anything like that because they're wearing pink. And then it's the other side of things that people don't wear, you know, feminine colors. Then they're not feminine and, and and all this sort of bullshit. Like, and it's so funny because I was like such a tomboy. I hated the color pink when I was growing up. I was always oh, blue. I love blue. I love blue. Um, And then as I got older, I love fucking black and I still love black. But now I really taken to I love pink because you know and I love pink and black too because I love being hard and I love being soft like and I really get to embrace everything that it is that I want to be and you know and this is you know like I said part of this journey and this is where I am now is that you know I'm starting to realize where I have you know internalized misogyny myself uh, where I've taken part in toxic femininity and you know when I have taken part in that and what it costs me in regards to my self-esteem my self-worth and you know being in a um you know a violent relationship and you know to you know just being where I am now and feeling a little bit more you know open and ex- um, accepting to just like I get to be girly I get to be sexy I get to be butch i get to be tough i get to be i get to be it all and i get to choose what i want to be and that's totally okay and the best part about it as well is, is you get to choose as well and that is totally okay as well you know like if you want to play soccer fucking play soccer if you want to wrestle wrestle if you want to play netball or you want to do gymnastics or calisthenics or something a little bit more you know dance and fluid then do that <laughs> right and it doesn't matter if you are you know and it's the same with like men and women you know we get to do it all so this episode I know was very tangent based because I really had dot points of what I wanted to talk about. And I was just going in with my own experiences because this one was something that flowed a lot more from the heart. But, you know, again, like always, like take some time. Let's do a little explore this, explore this with yourself, get out your journal, do some exploring, get a pen and start writing about it. You know, when have you been or have, when have you practiced toxic femininity? of being overly docile or you know staying quiet when you shouldn't and and things like that to keep the peace like I'd really like you to explore that and you know look at explore the misogyny as well and when you've internalized misogyny and like I said you know this is not a blame game here because you know misogyny is something that is so deeply rooted that it's something that we're taught it's not something that we're just oh I'm misogynistic I'm a misogynistic pig. Like some people, yes, choose to be like that way. Um, But most of us don't realize that we're being that way. So explore that and have a look at when you've been that way. Um, And just don't beat yourself up with any of this stuff either. You know, like it is about working through it and being like, okay, cool. You know, like I said, when I've done this episode, I'm literally working through it and I'm like, wow, I have definitely been. my toxic femininity at some point in my life and I have definitely you know for a lot of my life practiced internalized misogyny and I'm not afraid to admit that Um, and you know the great thing by admitting that is going okay cool this is where I can grow and this is where I can change and embody the woman that I want to be so I encourage you guys to do the same Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Kiss My Crown podcast. And if any of this resonated with you, share the podcast on Instagram. Anybody who shares it on Instagram, your stories, I will repost it if you tag me in it. Um, And share it with someone that you might think might want to hear it. And last but not least, if you do want to work with me, there are so many ways that you can do so. Jump on my website, kissmycrownacademy.com. I have the Kiss My Crown Masterclass, which is my three-hour masterclass that you can be a part of. Um, You know, I've got, I do one-on-one coaching, which you can email me about, that's price on application. And, you know, with that, it's about working with people who are in alignment and who are ready for the next steps. So, you know, open up that line of communication if that's something that you're excited to do. And if you want to do that, just email me, Natasha, at Academy.com. And I look forward to seeing you here in the next Thank you so much for supporting the Kiss My Crown podcast. Now, if you want to keep in touch or up to date with all things Queen Creations, make sure you head over to the website of www.queencreationsdesign.com. It is your one-stop shop for everything to do with Queen Creations.